Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Cold Storage. This is Callie. This is Spencer. This is sometimes even Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Well. What are you the rest of the time? Uh, drunk. Bored. <laughs> when, I, when I'm not drunk, I'm Ryan. <laughs> I like I'm not that. drunk, I'm bored. <laughs> and when I'm not bored, I'm Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, dude, uh, it's been a long time. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in there. It's only been about, what, three weeks since our last episode? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, about three weeks. <laughs> no, our last episode was like three That's weeks true. ago. It was, it was really. Yeah. 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 So, what do you mean it's been a long time? Well, um, since the last time we actually sat down together as a group, yeah. um, the world has caught fire. And Why? What's going on? Um, the, for the people 20 years in the future, actually for my grandkids that are trying to get to know me, they'll probably be listening to my podcast. So probably let's tell them, let's give them some context. We got uh, the COVID-19 oh. disaster. Yeah. All right. Yep. You guys have heard about it in your history books. That's right. right? Yep. And read about it on the interwebs. Yeah, that's not what they call it in the oh, future. What do, I, what do they call it in the future? <laughs> the super web. The super web. Yeah. The... the uh, Information Highway. <laughs> That's what we used to call it 20 years ago. Um, yeah, so we've been quarantining, but um, we're just basically right now trusting Callie that he's told us he doesn't right. have it. Yeah, and I mostly stayed away six feet from you guys, but now we're together. I, t- I do practice proper hygiene, and there's less than 20 people here. So I think we're going to be okay. So uh, you think that we're going to be okay? All it takes is one, dude. I know I'm I'm safe. I scanned myself this morning with one of those digital thermometers. It said it was like ninety three point six degrees or something like that. Well, then you have ninety prob- three. Actually, oh, that is a problem. Actually, I've heard that if you have too low of a temperature, that's also a sign. Dude. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you might actually because ninety three isn't oh, good, shit. dude. Ninety eight is where you need to be. Well, it was one of the ones you like scanned from like a distance away, and I don't know if maybe like it just wasn't picking it. I don't know. And I took it. I, you, I mean, you got I a just, shiny head, so it's probably bouncing. Oh, exactly. It's infrared. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, we better that, drink up, Spencer. Try to kill this virus. Yeah, that's true. We got to immunize ourselves. Yeah. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by uh, Brandy of some sort. <laughs> it's been the song Brandy. <laughs> yeah. By Looking Glass. Oh, it's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. I don't know if Looking Glass had any other good songs. I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> there's a lot of bands like that from the 70s from the era like mm-hmm. they have some of like the best songs in the world am gold baby yeah but, but like yeah that's like yeah you who knows what else like air do. supply like name another Steelers oh, will song has dude. a few dude yeah air supply had they had hits they had lots of hits but like uh Steelers will they're stuck yeah. in the middle dude name another Steelers will song uh I don't think they had one <laughs> I think they just had the one they just put one up song. one song yep. split 
speaking of songs in one song there's this podcast you guys heard about the winds of change podcast um it's about how there was this rumor going around that the cia wrote the wind of change song the scorpions oh really wind of change song yeah (laughs) and uh yeah it's pretty interesting i mean i don't want to give any other podcast too much hype but uh, yeah it's it's pretty interesting story. I can't give you any spoilers, but what in the um, world? Yeah, I know it's a pretty crazy story. I'll, have to go, I'll find that. I'm gonna listen to, to what end? Um, supposedly, in real life, that song helped um, bring down the Berlin Wall and reunite hmm. uh, like Germany. In real life, like that's it inspired like apparently that generation because scorpions are huge outside right. of uh, America, right? Yeah, and supposedly it really inspired like the people to come together and they think that that's the cia the rumor is the cia had a something to do with with that happening hmm. so yeah it's kind of crazy who was whistling at the beginning uh that was teddy roosevelt <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was right? ronald reagan if i got my yeah. time <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, he helped pr- produce the record you know <laughs> um so spencer uh, i know like before we started actually recording um this new book that you got. I'm Hoover, that's bit, what I was trying to think Hoover, of. Yeah, Jake Hoover. Hoover. Yeah, I was, trying to, his, yeah, I was trying to think of his name too, and I'm like, I don't want to screw it up. And so Hoover was FBI thing. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's, we knew where you were going. Maybe he was a little confused. Yeah, he didn't know how to spell. Huh? He was right, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, how do you spell Fabian? And he's like, I think it's CIA. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, um, I got. A, are you talking about my books? Yeah. Got lots of books, man. Dude, the newest one you brought over to my place, dude. Mm. I I picked up the Golden Child, Dark Knight this week. Too. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Was it good? I haven't read it. The art's phenomenal. Raphael dude. Grandpa, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, the art's freaking amazing. I should have oh, brought yeah. that to show this you guys. This is like Dark Knight. Th- Dark Knight Three, the Golden three. Child is what okay. it's called. Yeah, because they already did Dark Knight Three, the Master Race, and this is like uh, the continuation of that. Oh, Frank <laughs> Miller writes it, and uh, but Raphael Grandpa uh, draws it. Yeah, his artwork is amazing. And dude, he does a crazy killer um, like impression of uh, or the original Dark Knight, Frank Miller, dude. It's crazy. Really? Like, hmm. I wish I would have brought it actually to show you guys. There's some panels that it looks like it's straight out of like the '80s, like Dark Knight Returns. Um, but yeah, uh, I got that one just because um, it's kind of relevant since there's all these protests, and it's a protest book. It's uh, mm-hmm. there's like all these protests going on, and Carrie. Uh, Who's Batman? Who's Robin? Is Batwoman in this book? That's fun. So kind of aged a little. Yeah. Cool. Um, The other one is, I mean, this is kind of old. It's not. Well, actually, when did this Martini edition come out? I think it was maybe a year or two. Because this one actually says 2020 on it. Oh, it does. Okay, so maybe it's an updated version. Yeah, because I swear I thought it came out a long time ago, but maybe I just heard of the like the pre-order. How do you not have it, dude? Because I, did we say what book it was? Did I say I'm it? So no, you just said Martini edition. Okay, so it's Parker. Yeah, Darren Cook's Parker Martini edition. So it collects the first two Parker novels, and then the short story Man with the Getaway Face, and uh, the seventh, which is one that's just uh, only in this book. Right, which hmm. makes me super jealous. Which is the seventh Parker novel? If that's why it's called the seventh. Oh, I see. In case okay. you wonder. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, um, it would be awesome to pick up. I, I would definitely uh, do it. But I don't know what kind of... I have to save up money, I think, to do so. Yeah. Uh, Since when has that stopped you before? Yeah. With all the other shit that you get constantly. It hasn't. It just... 
Why was well, this really, not here's a priority? The, so, so here's the thing: is I already I already own the other I own the four and the man with the getaway face. Uh, so I just justified not getting it uh, because I already have the books. But I didn't realize how amazing uh, it is and until you don't have the seventh. Right, and I don't have the seventh. Yeah, so now and there's a bunch of bonus stuff. I think if, for those of you that want to know, it's think of like uh, the absolute editions with a slipcase cover that like some of the DC stuff that puts that gets put out. Uh, it's like that, but of the Parker novels. Yeah, uh, was that, I would say that's probably like the closest. Yeah, and yeah, it's put out by IDW. Dude, they do some of the best books. They do all the artist editions, like those really freaking awesome uh, books that have like they scan the actual art pages and there's no coloring or anything. Um, they do those, and those are always really good looking. Um, they've done uh, just a lot of like mm. really professional, like really nice looking stuff. Um, so, and this is bigger format. So the, the, I actually do like the format, the size of the original Parker ones. Cause it feels more like a book book, right? Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, seven inches tall as opposed to like eight and a half or whatever regular comics are. Um, and it's, yeah, those are good. But yeah, I was just um, listening to an interview with Ed Brubaker on another podcast, Word Balloon. Why do I keep hooking up other podcasts? <laughs> um, but yeah, he was talking about the work he did on this. I didn't realize that he was actually like, um, like Darwin Cook would um, hit Ed Brubaker up all the time, dude, oh, cool. for like, okay. like uh, help on this book, hmm. on the Parker books. And because of that, uh, yeah, Ed Brubaker, in this next Martini edition that's coming out, is going to collect the second two, and Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips are going to do a story in there. Dang, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So when I was listening to that podcast, I was like, oh, dude, why don't I have this? And I looked it up, and it was, I think it's, like, cover price is 100 bucks, but it's going for, like, 80-something, 80, 80 bucks, 85 on Amazon. That's, that's uh, not dude. bad. Yeah. I'm so, to pick that up. It yeah. sounds awesome. It looks good. I mean, it's it's such a beautiful oh, book. It's like beautiful. it's yeah. But but you do admit now that like I like Darwin Cook one. You do right. It's been proven. Yeah, I mean, because you aren't even willing to spend any money on a Darwin Cook book. So if you were a real Darwin Cook fan, you'd have that already. <laughs> right. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to go buy. Uh, so I, know, or I guess so. Yeah. I mean, but you still will always have it second. I guess I know. I know. So that means I got to buy the second Martini edition before you. And then I'll one-up you. Too late. Maybe it is too late. <laughs> I concede. All right. Um, so one thing I picked up recently. Actually, it came in the mail today. My mail call. Hmm. Blitzkrieg, number one. Blitzkrieg. Um, <laughs> Go with Blitzkrieg. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> I don't dude, I don't know how to read German, dude. <laughs> okay. So Blitzkrieg, number one. Blitzkrieg, number one. Uh, yeah. Some Joe Kubert, man. It says, nice. yeah. So did he do the interiors? I believe he did. I'll oh. open it up for you real Please. quick here. I haven't opened it yet because um, I wanted to save it for the show. Thanks, bud. You're so, welcome. So all the listeners can. No, he nope, didn't do nope, the interiors. Nope, it's not. It's okay. uh, yeah, money wasted Rick again. Australia, dude, yep. So I'm a better Joe Kubert oh, fan. Dang here. it! Dang it! Yeah, <laughs> but the cover is amazing. Yep. I mean, it's a fantastic cover. So anyway, that was today's mail call. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it was. That's kind of like a not that like, cool. Yeah, you look for yeah. a horde or something, and then it's like, let's kind of like they, that's like the, that's like the new that's like let's the new the new updated machine, right? Yeah, it's like they extra do. lightning fast, dude. That's yep. pretty genius, dude. Like you make a coffee on your blitz. Blitz Keurig. Oh man, Cali, thanks, man. Well, sorry that's guys, awesome. that was kind of like a down, dude. Why does my voice keep cracking? Because you're nervous, man. Because we're giving you yeah, crap. Sorry, it's man. It's been forever. I know. It has been. 
I should just throw this in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, man. So, um, comic books. Yeah, that's why we're here. We want to talk about comic books. Um, We want you guys to enjoy our talking and comic (laughs) books. Comic books. They probably probably enjoy comic books, I hope. We'll see if they enjoy our talking or not. Yes. Although, if they're listening to this episode, they probably haven't liked something in the past yeah you reckon? well what's so actually uh the, the earlier today i was at work and i was talking to a kid about uh comic books and he admittedly likes comics he actually uh lived in california and he's traveled with his long box to college out here nice. and uh so I, I told him about our show just, so just a long box a single long box <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> So anyway, uh, he started listening to the show, and then... Um, That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. That <laughs> he's got one long box. That's cute. <laughs> oh. Good for him. So then I... Does I, he listen to this? He Yes, he actually listened to our... Is he uh, seven? <laughs> no, what he's not seven. about our listeners, dude? Well, he just has one long box, you know. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's young and he's collecting. Dude, dude it, Okay, is it better to have one long box of good comics or 20 long boxes of oh, crappy All right. Comics? Yeah. <laughs> I probably could. I probably could win it down. down. Yeah. Good <laughs> comics to one. But does he have good comics? I, I, I asked him what he reads, and he said he likes... Um, you know the cliche like Batman, Shadowhawk, uh, yeah, Shadowhawk, yeah, Darkhawk, Dark, yeah, Hawkman. He was really into Star Wars Night comics, Hawk. I guess, which I found it interesting. Um, I heard this story actually that that Star Wars saved Marvel comics. Yeah, um, but I don't want to talk about that right now. We don't want to hook up another person. We're not going to. to no, them. we're not going to. But I'm just saying, um, he's in. He's way into Star Wars. He's way into Batman and a little bit of Spider Man. I talk crap on Spider Man to him, and then. Um, uh, so I, I, I just kind of talked to him about that. Well, later this evening, I went to di- I went to dinner at a, a neighbor's house, and he's like, "Hey, I started listening to your uh, podcast today." I'm oh, like, no. "Oh yeah." And uh, he, uh, the reason why he selected the the episode he did is that it said something about Wolverine in the title. So I asked him, "Would it work if I just said every single?" episode had Wolverine in it <laughs> and he said probably or Deadpool or Deadpool yeah. yeah we could put Deadpool in there if you guys want yeah Deadpool and Wolverine present cold stories <laughs> exactly <laughs> dude that's oh, not a bad man. idea I'm gonna publish sure. that dude do, that say should it. be the new name of our podcast <laughs> Wolverine Deadpool <laughs> yes <laughs> Wolverine's pretty cool dude yeah, yeah he's cool. alright. Yeah. yeah. He's got claws and he's yeah. angry and stuff. He's and he red. says bub all the time. Yeah, man. And he's, he's the best he, he is at what he does. And he used to smoke too. Yeah. Yeah. Until Joe Casada took over. And now he vapes. Oh. Does he really? No, he doesn't, dude. But that'd be so awesome <laughs> if they made him vape. He's like, that vape. would be so funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they've probably done a thing where he sees somebody who's vaping and like like slices their vape pen because <laughs> he's all about the tobacco Cuts their jugulars okay so uh real quick i know this might be dated because it's a little bit of uh news but something about dc comics cutting ties with uh diamond publishing that's huge news dude so huge. let's talk about that for a second the biggest news in 20 years dude in so comics. i was i was stoked mm-hmm 
because I I know that um, Diamond has a a monopoly right. on everything, and like our and small companies have a hell of a time. They can't get into Diamond like our pals in Accent UK. Right. You know, smaller. You have to have a certain number of copies of pre-orders to like, right yeah. to like be eligible so it's really been hurting the small uh comic press scene and so so anyway so when i saw this i was like oh cool good for dc they're kind of sticking it to the man more options is always great hopefully other people will follow suit that's that's the ideal thing that would happen is that everybody kind of follows not everybody, but you know, other people follow suit, and there'll be other opportunities, right? But then, um, a, fr- an, a different friend, um, or me and Spence have a mutual friend named Ben. He's a comics kid, and he, um, his local comic shop said it's a very bad thing. Actually, there's a whole lot to unpack with this. They're forcing us to go through an online competitor. It costs too much for shipping. Also, Dime is far from perfect, but if this move hurts them to a point where they have to shut down, then the whole industry collapses, which is an interesting perspective. And then um, I sent an, um, an article to you guys earlier that I know Spence read, at least, um, in that Mile High Comics is super pissed at this, and they have their own reasons as well. And they're having a DC Sucks sale right now. <laughs> Um, which I need to check out when I get home. But um, so anyway, so that I, I that didn't occur to me that mm-hmm. the, like the you know kind of the local comic shops will be they're gonna have to pay more money to get DC titles um, just because they're gonna have to go through another competitor. But like I, I was trying to think, because Spence and I used to work at a at a record store and we would have to go through a lot of various labels. Um, or I'm sorry, distributors mm-hmm. to to get what we wanted. There was like a main big distributor that we would often use. I can't remember, recall her name, but then to get kind of the smaller, more indie stuff, we'd have to call these different smaller, smaller distributors. Right. And, well, uh, the distributor we used to use was owned by Graywell or Steve Gray. Uh, so really? yeah, don't you remember how like uh, they would bring. They would bring, it would be like Eric who would bring by the, all the new CDs and stuff in like a big tub, right? Yeah, but like it wasn't that. <laughs> because they, from what I understand is we would put in the orders, but then, uh, and then they would kind of um, like that. It, I think their their distributor was like a middleman, right? So like we'd put in the orders, but then they went into them mm-hmm. from various places, right? And then came to us, but okay. uh, yeah, but yeah, you're you're right though. Like for for sure, for the smaller labels and stuff, you had to go elsewhere. Yeah, so I mean, like, but I mean, if they, I guess that local comic shops are going to have to be more cautious in ordering their DC stuff because, mm-hmm. like, if they're, I don't know, it's I don't know, it's an interesting development. I I would honestly be. How do they even know what it's going to cost for the new distributor? I I don't know how they even know what the shipping cost is. I know it. And from what I understand, like all DC comics are returnable too. You can return them. Which, so yes, which is so a cool could, thing, right? So they could get their money back Wait, if what they they said that they're like they're um the, the 
that these local comic shops will be able to return. Oh, so the, so you're talking about in the future, like with right. the new yes. distributor, which is okay. which is really so they're good. not out any extra, like right. you know, because some companies don't allow you to return their books, Dude, right? Which, well, the, I mean, it's only there's only another one other company, and it's Diamond. Um, like, it's not it's not Diamond has uh, so when the direct market got set up, it was set up specifically to not return and it's the distributors um that made the deals with the publishers mm -hmm. so so it's not a publisher thing it's a distributor deal like they make the deal with the publishers that we're not going to return your books um and that's what the whole direct market was back in the old days when it was newsstand spinner rack you would return right. in your books you could rip the cover yeah. and send it back uh, or yeah right. and that was that was the distribution model but then with the direct market they made it so um the publishers knew that they would be able to sell Whatever they sold is the money that they would make, right? So they were all on it. But, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. To me, that would... First of all, I don't know. It's weird. I, I'm dubious to believe that they've already set up the terms for shipping. Uh, and if not, it, it'll just go with the market. Like, I think that they'll go and match it. But if not, even if they don't, the fact that they can return their books is a really good... Um, benefit i would say for comic book uh shops so uh, i'll just keep talking since you guys are having a conversation between yourselves i'm listening no I, you can, house is gonna get fun no you can hear <laughs> you can all of a sudden hear my sprinklers go off so right uh dang right it. by where his most valuable comics are sitting <sighs> yeah. a wonderful original painting on yeah. cardboard so anyway. anyway so anyway if they can really return them i think that would be good and yeah, it'd be worth great. it if it is extra shipping to me that would be worth it and because you can order you you don't even need to worry about it like you right. know, you can order 100 number ones of whatever the dc number one is at that month and then return the ones you don't sell. To me, that's a good idea. Right. I mean, yeah. And I, yeah, I was just trying to equate it to our past experience at, at the music store. And like we, yeah, I mean, we, I, we couldn't really return that, that stuff. So, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. it's, it's different product. It's completely different, but I mean, like we had to do it if we wanted to sell some cool stuff mm -hmm. and if we sold it, great. And if we didn't, you know, that's, that's business. But I mean, like, I don't know. I still think it's, Short term, it's probably going to be a tough thing for local comic shops. But I think, fingers crossed, I think this is a really strong, cool move to disrupt the status quo. To, like, screw the man in the system. And, like, I think it's a step. I think it's a good step. Hmm. I, I do don't know. Too. Well, dude, bringing in another, yeah, bringing in competition is never a bad thing uh, at all. Right. But according to that article from uh, from it, Mile High, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. it was Mile High Comp, yeah. Um, yeah, they were saying that they think that DC doesn't care about their single issues and that they would be willing to let their single issues just completely die out because... They've apparently they're making according to this thing this article and I haven't fact checked it but apparently according to this article he says they're making a ton of money on the Walmart comics, and they're making a ton of money on I trades don't know, dude. and they're also trying to push people towards their digital uh, DC their on, uh, yeah digital uh, platform. DCU because um, they have all their comics digitally there, and so they're not he's saying that their market share of their single issue comics is is a drop in the bucket compared to like their trades and their digital. Um, stuff. Me and Cowie, we had a conversation probably a couple years ago. I don't mm -hmm. know if you'll remember this. But we talked about this. 
I think that is that is that a bad thing? If monthly comics, right? And I, I if, right. If it, I mean, like, if they if, change the format, maybe as opposed to like a monthly right. thing, to turning if, it if to they, like, if they just put out five or maybe even ten, if they put out five Batman trades of all new content a year, and that's it, wouldn't that be rad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure would, dude. I mean, wouldn't that be? I would love that. Here's the thing: is everything is indicating that they're going that way, dude. The black label right. stuff the, that they've been putting out is a thicker comic book, um, prestige format, yeah, and and you're getting um, more of a story in one issue than you are, and they're more money, but you're getting more of a story. I, I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense that they might be pushing those out. And also, to answer your question, I do think it's a bad thing. I, my, part of my heart would be broken if single issues went completely it's, away. It's a very, it, yeah, it's a huge change, and like local comic shops and stuff, I guess would would be hurt. But man, yeah. if if I could just as a fan, if I could plunk down fifty dollars and have all of the Batman stuff for this year or something in like cool two uh, two cool trades or whatever. Yeah, I would yeah. love that, man. I don't, I don't, let's see. So, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't it's... think that it would be that, that I think would be more expensive than what you're saying. Because, um, first of all, if you take in single issues, that what are there? There's probably four Batman titles right now. At they're least. $4 a piece. That, they're $4 yeah. a piece. So, the, the one person, if they're collecting all the Batman titles, they're, they're into it like uh, almost 20 bucks or whatever per month, right? So, that's going to be. Like closer to two hundred dollars. I mean, I, I don't see DC sacrificing that much. They would put out way more trades than what you're saying. I, I think that would That's be true. awesome, but I think they'll put out way more stories than what you're saying. And I, I remember when we were talking before, it was it would be so cool. And again, this is not going to happen, but it would be so awesome if you could like go on Marvel.com and say something like, "I want you just click boxes. I want a man thing mm-hmm. trade, and then." And then, like next year, they spend the whole year. Like if they get enough votes or whatever, yes. they yeah. they they get a, a team puts that does this man thing trade. Then they ship that to you the next year or something like that. Right, that would be so cool. Like they then, could, then all yeah. this extraneous bullshit that doesn't sell wouldn't wouldn't need to be made. You Dude, know, but, do but you like, trust the masses to vote for no, what you want? No, I don't. Read? I wouldn't get anything I want. <laughs> but say, say this: so it's like say, say Marvel or DC. I don't know, man. They, they, they come up with a thing like you're saying, and they say, okay, click box. You know, uh, does most desired one, two, three, and four, right? Well, so whoever vote they vote on for you know the first quarter of the year, the first three months, that one book gets made. The next, you know, number two desired gets made the next quarter and so on, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I, yeah, it, it would just all be a Harley Quinn and Deadpool and, and yeah. shit like that. Well, that's the thing but, I was going to say. Like, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You, you go ahead. Well, I mean, I know, Spencer, you say your heart would be broken a little, but are you buying, are you doing monthly comics now? Or is it more of a nostalgia thing? Yeah, it's 100% nostalgia. My heart wouldn't be broke. I mean, yeah, that is it, because my heart lies in the nostalgia. Um, right. So you're right. I'm not currently supporting it. Uh, so it it would be my fault, you know, if it went away, because I am 
I am that important. But um, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I couldn't complain about it, but it doesn't mean that my heart wouldn't be broken that they don't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I don't buy current comics. I mean, maybe here and there, like, if it's a cool title, I'll get it. But, like, for the most part, like, I'm, I focus all on older stuff, too, and Ryan yeah. the same way. Yeah. So, like, I understand the nostalgia aspect of it. But then that's why they got those Walmart books. Dude, you know what? I would buy monthly comics if they only had a Superman, one Superman comic per month, <laughs> one Batman comic per month, and one Wonder Woman comic per month. I would buy all three of those every month. But the fact is, is it's so diluted that they, they, most a lot of the stories are not that good. And if they just put their top talent on those on three books, I yeah. would buy those books every month for sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, the way I read, I like a full story, and so that's I mean. I'm not that like we were talking about. I'm not fully opposed to the way DC might be doing it because mm-hmm. I do like a full story. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, we grew up on like yeah. floppy comics, right? right. So yeah. it would be sad to see those. And go. like, what's cool, you know, what came out that's cool this month or this week or whatever, right. you know, like because when you visit, you know, the comics shop or whatever. But yeah. So with the distribution thing, back to that, um, I I think that this is good because so when the direct market first got started, there was like. 15 distributors dude that they used to have to go through and then they got gradually consolidated and one person would buy out another person mm-hmm. and then um marvel actually put the nail in the coffin because they bought out like it was down to two distributors marvel wanted to do their own distribution so this isn't unprecedented marvel tried to do this at one point back in the oh, yeah. 90 or late 80s or early 90s something like that so they bought out the Diamond Comics distributor, and it just just completely failed. They folded that company and then went back to Diamond again. So that's how the monopoly got made. So um, if they could go back to that, the competition would be good because the thing is, is competition drives prices to be more competitive. Right now, with 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 Diamond doing everything, you don't have a choice, right? right. If they say Correct. this is how much you pay, that's how much you pay, right? right? So yeah, and then. All the uh, like um, the retailer incentive bullshit covers and stuff that like like that's all a, it's all a racket, right? So Diamond right. gets people to order the the shops to order a hundred copies of one comic that they don't even want to sell just so they can get like this retailer incentive cover, right? Right. And to me, that's just all bullshit, and that's what like fills like back issues of just crap comics because when you go to a comic shop right. because they do stuff like that. I went to a comic shop here locally, and I went through. A whole box full of like the same issue of like a Harlequin comic, and I'm just like, oh it was like gosh, a whole box dude. of the same issue. Yeah. And you know, they did it just like so get get the Harley yeah. Quinn cover, yeah, for their special cover to yeah. sell to cover the costs, and and yeah, that kind of stuff. So it, with with competition, you know, people might say, you know, go over here and say, well, maybe I don't get the retailer incentive, but I can get it a little bit cheaper, you know, or or you know, something like that. They can, they can. Uh, it just it's it's economy one on one, right? So right, yeah. Uh, it'll it'll be interesting. I think it needs to be more than DC uh, that goes there. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, right. I think others will probably follow suit. Right. I think. I think they're, they're waiting to see what happens. Probably. And yeah, then, that's yeah. That's true. See what the fallout is of their announcement, right. and then kind of like if if it sounds smart to another dis- you know another company, maybe jump on that same distributor's uh, you know list. Yeah, because I'm sure there are some other smaller presses that would love to yeah they get they, seen yeah they they might join this same company or what have you I, I don't know right yeah it'll be interesting it's a it's kind of a fascinating development but yeah like i i i didn't you know obviously it, it didn't occur to me when i first read the thing 
the news this morning or whatever that uh, whichever one of you guys sent it that um, I was like, oh, cool. But then I started hearing about the other side of things. It's just kind of an interesting yeah. story. There's a Good. book I'm going to recommend to everybody called Comic Shop. The Retail Mavericks Who Gave Us a New Geek Culture. Hmm. Um, and it's all about the whole story of how um, the direct market got created and the um, all of the distribution uh, companies uh, got started up and how it fell. Um, it's a good book. It's written by Douglas R. Pratt. Nope, it's narrated by Douglas R. Pratt on the <laughs> audiobook, but it's written by Dan Garino, Garino, hmm. something like that. So, um, yeah, check that out if you guys want to find out more. Yep. All right. Now, uh, thank you, gentlemen. On to our review of uh, World's Finest by Dave Gibbons and Steve Rude. We're live. Okay. So, welcome back to... Oh, wait. You don't gotta say welcome break. back. All they did is they went through a six-second transition. Like they hit forward on their, uh, <laughs> their thing once. <laughs> no, they've already forwarded past all this. <laughs> Do you think anybody um, listens to a podcast and just fast forwards the whole thing? I would be okay if they did because it would give us download stats. That's so. true. Yeah. yeah, I might have to start doing that. There's a few I could just like download. like I'm kind of devoted to. You just but want I don't support. Really want to <laughs> yeah. listen to it. Hmm. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, there's some podcasts that I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is good, and I'm like, you know, like ten episodes in, and I start getting bored with it, and I'm like, I'm done with this content. Kelly, don't give people ideas, dude. Okay. So I I always just like, I just go through binges. Uh-huh. I yeah. I listen to like ten episodes or something of a podcast, and then I get tired of it, and then go listen to ten episodes of something else, and I just kind of cycle through, through those. Them. Yeah. Is that normal? How do you guys? Yeah, do no, I think so, dude. I I just go through um, binges too, but dude, podcasts n- and not including ours have gotten so good, dude. Like and so well produced. Yeah, we're right? still it's back crazy. in two thousand eight, the way that we're doing this. <laughs> uh, but like, they're like real, like legit now. Yeah, it's like it's and, like people have jobs doing podcasts, and we haven't caught up to that. I don't know dude. how we can't or why we haven't, dude. We we. Actually, we have like twelve dollars in ad money. We do, yeah, yeah, dude. That almost could have paid for this cheap brandy that we're drinking right now. Almost. (laughs) A few more. We need a few more listeners. Come on, guys, to buy us some bottom shelf brandy to two more people. (laughs) You know, we should do. Okay, we're gonna create a Patreon, and the first person to donate fifty bucks gets a. What? Uh, they One get, of your trades? No, 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 no. That's too valuable, dude. You have a million BPRD dude, trades that nobody cares about. You can get, I have a, a tons I could send. Okay, so. you get a BPRD trade and two blackest nights. <laughs> and uh, yeah, on the last podcast, how yeah. we kept offering that, and nobody would still enter a contest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> two blackest nights, zeros, or whatever it was. So ultimates. Trade yeah. one and two. Yep. We'll send that to you. Copy of the Black Knight number one. Okay. And uh, uh, Hawk. What's the, what's that Hawk? Shadow Hawk. Shadow Hawk. Thank you. Oh, no. Uh, dude, those are going to be buried. Bloodshot with... number one. Those are going to be buried. With... No, dude. That's... I'll even give you an X Force number one. 
Dang. Well, hold on. Easy. We gotta have different levals then. It's, it's yeah. Not, X Force number bad. one for for a twenty five dollar donation. <laughs> for a fifty dollar donation, I'll give you a polybagged one. Dang. Dude. <laughs> All right. And we'll throw in a kid and play cyborg action figure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I really would give away that cyborg if someone donates fifty bucks. <laughs> well, dude, you could buy him for like twelve dollars. <laughs> Quiet, dude. Eleven dollars too much. You'd pay a dollar for him? No. Did he say eleven dollars on eBay? I know, but I wouldn't wouldn't pay a dollar for that. Dude, I'm looking over past that um, cyborg, and I see the mouse comp. Those mouse one and two. Where in Kelly's? Kelly's uh, basement, by the way. Yeah. Tells tells from Kelly's basement. Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mouse 1 and 2, dude. We yeah. got those for free, and we had to go to a... Free? We went to a seminar. We had, to to a, yes. we had to go to a Weaver State like lecture on Mouse 1 and 2 in order to get those for free. Like, I don't even know how I heard I about it. for my volume. Oh, you did? One. Yeah. I, I think... Paid money. So what happened is um, hmm. Spencer was going to school there at the time, and I think that Somehow you, fa- oh, you I found I think there it. was a flyer or something. Yeah, fly- yeah. yeah. And you, you hit me up. Was like talking? Was he no, there? No, 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 no. It was just like some we were state students and talking it was, about yeah, it. Yeah, it was like a um, it was like a um, Holocaust like awareness something or other. And it was around no this shit. time. Like year, I mean, it was like years ago, dude. Like ten years ago. You're or saying that you knew? Wait, so it couldn't have been in June because it was June. maybe right before that. Because it was, it, I want to say it was around the D Day stuff, but maybe not. Anyway, um, but it was a Holocaust awareness uh, presentation. So they they talked about Mouse and they talked about some other like Holocaust survival stories. Like there was this guy that wrote like a essay or something that they presented. I don't remember. I just was there for yeah, the free. Yeah, we did it for the free oh, graphic shit, novel, dude. dude. Yeah, so Spencer's like, "You want to go pick up pick up Mouse for free?" I'm like, "What?" And then we had to watch it. Yeah, that was so funny, dude. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't even have mine anymore, actually. You I don't? sold mine. Oh, yeah. After I went back. <laughs> yeah. I would like to read that again, though, because it it's was a so good book. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very good. Yeah. I remember that's when you told me Astonishing X Men wasn't so astonishing. <laughs> did I? <laughs> yeah, I, you did. I didn't even. That's a good quote, dude. I didn't yeah, even know I said that. You like did. That. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, you're dude, you made me feel cooler than I feel nowadays. So yeah, dude. I used to be cooler. but I have these little nuggets saved in my heart. Yeah. Oh, guys, dude. So. <laughs> dude, Astonishing X Men. Oh, man, dude. That was. Was like, is that the Whedon yeah. Cassidy show? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah that was bad. I actually liked it. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I haven't read it since I liked it, so I don't know what like what my taste has changed. If I'd like it now, dude, my taste has changed. Oh. I've gone back and read like the early two thousands Marvel, and it's it's kind of hard to read, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, like the Marvel Knights stuff, dude. Like I mean, I understand oh. it held a like it it was a good shift for Marvel, right? But it just feels so dated. And same with the, any of the Ultimates comics. Dude, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Oh, yeah, Ultimates is like, very dated. All those Absolutely. things. Like, it just feels so 2000s to me, dude. Like the, the Daredevil Kevin Smith shit. I was yeah. so on board with that. Yeah. I loved it so much. I can yeah. guarantee if I ever would even looked at it, I would just yeah, light it sure. on fire. I would probably hate it so much. Well, and even dude. following that. So, like, the Bendis Daredevil stuff I love, dude. And then Brubaker came after that, and I liked that too. But... I I'm scared to go back and read that stuff just because I, I think, think the it would, feel... would hold up. I mean, so if you give us a seventy five donation to Patreon, we'll give throw in a uh, Kevin Smith Daredevil <laughs> collection. Sure, you bet. Actually, dude, honestly, <laughs> the art in that was freaking amazing. Damn dude. right, Joe Casada is. Oh, it was Joe Casada that did so the art. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, dude, his Daredevil was so good because 
he he kind of like took like what uh, Frank Miller had done. Like Frank Miller would draw Daredevil with these big ass hands, dude, and like big gloves, like almost boxing gloves. And uh, and then yeah, Casada took it to another level, dude. And it was just so stylistically cool. Like it's crazy that Casada was such a good artist, and oh, he just so that that reminds me in the last episode that you guys released. Yeah, um, you guys were talking about when Karen became like a porn star. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah. Was... I think that was the Kevin Smith. Show. No, no, it was before that. Was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I recently, um, I haven't read it. I've still never read it. I don't want to admit this, but I've never read Daredevil: Born Again. But I started to read it, and she—that's she's oh, that in Daredevil: darn, Born Again. I could, have, I could have sworn that was a Kevin Smith. Yeah, thing. so he may have like furthered it, but like, uh, well, and actually, maybe she wasn't a porn star. She might have been like just a coked out hooker at the beginning. Like maybe she was just a hooker because, oh, dude, I'm, which, which I one, which acting one is so Born Again? Right I don't now. even remember Born Again. Which one is that? Born Again is like the famous Mazzuc- Frank Kelly. Miller one, wasn't it's, it? It's yeah, Frank Mazzuc- Miller, Mazzuc- Mazzuc- Kelly. Oh, so. God. They did it before they did year one. They did this Daredevil. Oh, okay. Born again. That's right. Yeah, it's um, held in high regard. But yeah, but I've never read it either. I've never read any of no. Miller. Daredevil. At the very beginning of Daredevil Born Again, she's totally like strung out. Hmm. Like, All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Miller would do that. Yeah. But um, yeah. he's just reflecting his own Miller, life. Miller hates <laughs> He does. <laughs> Wait. He invented. Uh, Carrie? Electra, he invented uh, Electra, Carrie, which he, is a very strong character. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, Electra, and then the and the girl Robin. Yeah, it's I true. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he puts them in a he, place where he feels comfortable. He definitely hates Muslims because <laughs> oh, yes, remember that does. Batman story that he ended up releasing as something else. Uh, yeah, holy, holy, holy yeah, terror. Holy terror. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is terror. a great Batman Elseworlds by Norm Brayfogle, by the way. Huh? Pretty pretty sure it's called Holy Terror. There's a great Batman's Elseworlds that Norm Bray Fogel. I think. But I thought in Holy Terror was supposed to be Batman. It, but was, it was, but yeah, the, DC wouldn't release it, so he. I think he he released it through some smaller publisher, um, and it was a whole new character. Batman yeah. Holy Terror. Oh, that no was way. Elseworlds drawn. That is the Frank Miller one. Uh, no, this no, was this was written by Alan Brennert and drawn oh, okay. by Norm Bray Fogel oh, in 1991, cool. and it is freaking phenomenal. Hmm. Yeah, I the, love it. I didn't know that. That's that cover says Batman holding the American so flag, maybe doesn't it's not it? Holy Terror. No, it is Holy Terror. The You're Frank right. Miller it one is, is yeah. Holy Terror. Yeah, because when you said it, like I knew it was that exactly. Or Holy right. War, maybe I don't know. Oh, maybe it's Holy War. Yeah, I don't know, uh, dude. It's we, Holy. Spencer's we don't know anything. It's the Holy Ghost. So listen, speaking of Daredevil, Frank Miller. Right now, Marvel, to help local comic shops, shipped, I think, 32 different omnibuses at a crazy discounted price. So Amazon, obviously, to be competitive, is matching some of those. And the Daredevil Frank Miller omnibus right now on Amazon is $50. Seriously? Yes. Dude, I've got the... That's um, like 50% off. And like I, I don't like Daredevil. I, you should like I, I, I don't I, and I'm sure I would because old Frank Miller was the shit but like I'm so I'm probably gonna get it I have the, like a good deal. Uh, the first volume of the uh, Frank Miller Visionaries Daredevil which collects the first part of his run and dude okay. it's it's amazing um, but I'm looking now dude uh, and this one it shows $103 uh, is that it did we already miss the boat on that maybe um, cause yeah, I would totally have gotten that anyway. 
I don't know. And we probably won't release this for five more months. So, um, <laughs> no, but Callie, uh, Callie's going to be our, he's actually our new engineer and producer. Yeah. So, congratulations on the promotion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the manager, dude. You're, you're the manager of the podcast. I'm, I'm managing. You're directed by Frank Miller, Omnibus Com- Oh, Omnibus oh, Companion. companion. <laughs> what the shit? Nobody, so, never Omnibus mind. Companion. I'm sorry. I'm just going to edit that whole. I'm just kidding. Dude, Please what's do. an Omnibus Companion? I have no idea. Is it like Cliff Notes to the Omnibus? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like every other page. It's kind of like an edition I would buy. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's an inside joke for our listener. Oh, that's funny. Good job, Kelly. Thank you. Thank Dude, you. Thanks. This is like, I'm sorry, this is a horrible podcasting, but this is the real, this is the shit. No, it says companion, dude. I know, but then it, it collects Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, 27 and 28, Daredevil 219, 226 through 233, Daredevil Man of 1 through 5, Marvel Graphic Novel 24, Daredevil right, War. Dude, we got to do our homework. We got to do some. Well, yeah, we'll do some homework uh, and anyway, get back to you or email us at the uh, cold storage, at coldstoragepodcast at gmail.com. Did you say the cold storage at coldstoragepodcast no, at gmail.com? Yeah, I did, yes. <laughs> Context What's, the podcast? <laughs> What's our email? I mean, cold storage podcast at gmail.com. I thought it was the cold storage podcast at gmail.com. Maybe just the cold storage at gmail.com. No, it's it's the cold storage podcast because that other cold storage podcast, uh, true crime, that's not us, dude. They actually there's st- a different cold storage podcast. They started like um, literally the same month as we did, dude, Are but like serious? a week after, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, we were looking, we because we looked before we decided to name it Cold Storage, we're like, okay, there's no Cold Storage podcast, sweet. And then after we recorded our first episode, we're like, wait, there's a Cold Storage Holy podcast, shit. this yeah. is like man thing, swamp thing, kind of, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah it is, yeah, Doom Patrol X Men, kind of stuff, yeah, so exactly, anyway. yeah, let's get to our review, yes, let's do yeah. it, okay, comic books, so, so world's mm-hmm. finest, um. Like I said right before you can't we uh the the little break there. Uh it's by Steve Gibbon <laughs> Dave Gibbons and Steve Rude. <laughs> oh man. Now the the best way to look this up online is World's Finest Worlds Apart. Thank you, Worlds Apart. Yes. Well that's like the first one. The next one's called Worlds Collide. Right. right. When, yes. when they have it in and they have it collected in a trade and it's called oh, Worlds, it is. Worlds oh, okay. Apart. So that's the easiest way to find it online. So it's a it's a um, it harkens back to the original world's finest series, which was um, a Superman Batman team up book right. and uh, and so this came out when 90, 1990. 1990. Mm-hmm. and so yeah it, it was harkening back to that uh, book from like the dude from like the sixties through the eighties. And I bought these hot off the press. This is straight from 1990. Look at this. Is it? Look at look at me take care oh of my, my shit. Yeah, look at that. So con- that's <laughs> pristine condition. So these are originally pu- published in a three part mini series. Prestige format. Pre- yep, yeah, prestige format. Thank you very yep. much. Uh, very. Dude, this artwork is so dude, Dave beautiful. Rude is so. Good. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Rude. What zoo crew? I mean, to be honest, you're like Dave. 97. <laughs> <laughs> the rude dude he actually does go by the rude dude but it does sound like the rude dude could be a morning talk show guy um anyway what were you saying sorry well no uh in steve in, oh my gosh dude dave gibbons his own own rights i mean he's a great artist himself yes artist thank you for specifying that yes okay. artist um but he's also a great i mean this here's the thing the, i wouldn't say a great writer he's okay but Artist, he's. If you guys don't know who uh, Dave Gibbons is, he uh, co co produced Watchmen. 
Executive produced. Executive it. produced Watchmen. <laughs> um, with the artist. On it? <laughs> yes. Yes. With Alan Moore. Uh-huh. Um, and then he now uh, writes World's Finest. He now in 1998. <laughs> 1990. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, he's written a few things. Though. Didn't he Did write he? some of the before Watchmen stuff? I, I, think I should have looked this so. out before. Yeah, you should have. He's he's written some other shit. I only own one volume of that in a trade, and it's the. Yep. Odd enough, it's the Darwin Cook stuff. Well, what do you know? Um, I don't know if he did. I think he was involved with Before Watchmen because I remember remember I remember thinking it's interesting that he doesn't have the same animosity towards Watchmen as uh, Alan. Yeah, but Alan's just a grumpy old man anyway. He is. Dude, grumpy like, old you knock on his door, he's gonna throw throw a curse on you. Yes, <laughs> I was thinking like a cat tail or something at you. <laughs> yeah. You know. Hmm. So yeah, when this. So listen, let's everybody uh, listen. Let's break it down. Let's, put, let's break put it your down. Hey guys, so so stop what you're doing and take a listen to what I'm about to say. So I, I can't speak for for my friends here, but I read this about in preparation for this podcast. I read this about two months ago. <laughs> It was maybe about a month ago. I think really I for me it was last year, dude. I think it was 2019. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So I, I I read this well maybe a couple two three months ago. I no, you're not supposed to say that, dude. Why are you disclaiming it right now? Because well, I guess my larger point is, I love this book. I think these this is an not only a nostalgic fave, but I think it holds up. But you don't buy it for the writing. <laughs> the story is fine. The story is fine. Yeah, exactly. The story is okay. But the, by the, God, yeah. the art in this is stunning. Very. Boom. That's, that's it. All right. That's it. Thanks, okay. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much more to add to that. <laughs> so so okay. uh, let's let's try to bumble through okay. it, I guess. This, the so the, plot, whole, but... the, the whole thing here is that uh, it's Batman in Metropolis and... And uh, Superman and Gotham, right? right? Like they're trading places. So in this particular series, Batman, or I'm sorry, Gotham and Metropolis are neighboring cities. Yeah. And and right on the border, there's an orphanage. And the orphanage is run by these two priests that are drawn to look like Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> and um, one of them... Is a joke. Uh, yeah, one of them was... Uh, the guy that originally owned the orphanage was this evil man who used the orphans in kind of this uh, Dickensian Oliver Twist kind of way to like send them out and do this evil shit. And so one of the reverends is one of those kids. Uh, they thought that that evil man died. He didn't. He's still living in the orphanage and kind of controlling things. So then at the same time, Luthor and the Joker meet up. They decide to kind of swap cities essentially right. yes Luther comes to Gotham to try to like buy a whole bunch of property including this orphanage for his own nefarious purposes uh, just because he wants to take over this town as well the Joker goes over to Metropolis to just cause, cause havoc chaos yeah and so Batman and Superman um, switch cities and um, basically and then they end up helping each other and whatnot and that's kind of the plot so, so my whole problem right. with what you're saying is, yes, you're right. That is the plot. That was the pitch. When they went to DC, they said, here's the pitch. We do this. It just does not make sense to me. It doesn't hold water that just because the Joker went to like Metropolis, the Batman's going to be like, okay, I'm going to switch places. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, especially considering 
It's not like Batman's never been in Metropolis before. There was this whole awesome series in the 90s, The Dark Knight over Metropolis by Art, That's a good one. Art Adams. Yeah, it was like they he can go over there without Superman like <laughs> coming, coming to Gotham. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. To me, it's so contrived. It's just like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Like, what they basically wanted to do is get the story going. Uh, with them switching places, but I think how they got there was kind of like ridiculous. It was a little fumbled. Um, that's it why I felt is. like reading it w- was a little fumbled, but it, it did uh, feel nostalgic to the fact of it being more like Golden Age type. Um, it, it has an old-timey feel to it, for it, sure. It does. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect of it, and again, the art is amazing. Um, See, that's... Because that, this used to be one of my favorites, and it I mean, it still is. I've been reading this since 1990. But, you know, it, it's been quite a while since I've read it. And when it, when I came back to it a few months ago, I was, in a way, able to look at it with fresh eyes. And um, in this time, I realized that the whole reason why I've loved this for so long, well, for 30 years, I guess, <laughs> technically. Jeez, good God, man. Um, is just, this is some, and man, I swear I'm just repeating the same exact sentences I said during New Frontier. But um, this is like, oh my God, this is some of my favorite art ever. It is so, yeah. It is just unreal. Well, let's talk about the Rude Dude for a little bit. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So Steve Rude is, I think, one of the top illustrators in comics. Like, he is so good at everything. Yes. He does paintings. He does full on, full oil paintings, and they look beautiful. He does comic book art. It looks beautiful. He um, was part of this. I have this book um, called The uh, Art of Inking. It, it's for artists. Mm. And Steve Rude was a big uh, part of that. Um, they used like a Nexus as a. Uh, ne- so he co created Nexus for Dark Horse with whoever the writer was. I'm, I'm thinking Mike Barr, but I, that's not true. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It's not Mike Barr. It's something like that. It's anyway, Mike something. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, he it, he basically could be, he could totally be like a professor, an art professor. He is so good at everything he does. He knows the figure perfectly. He knows lighting. He knows shading, and uh, he does. He didn't do a lot of. Um, like monthly floppy comics. Mike Barron. Mike Barron. There you go. Yep, you're right. Um, he didn't do a lot of interiors mainly because, from what I understand, is he was kind of slow and a little bit unreliable. There's a he's a I guess bipolar. Yeah. Right. And and uh, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime. Yes. You should watch. Uh, what's it called? The called Rude Dude? Steve the Rude Dude. Yeah. I think it's just called Rude Dude okay. or something I think like that. Yeah, so. Rude Dude. I think. And yeah. it's like it shows Steve Rude like warts and all. It's it's an awesome documentary because yeah, really it good. shows him like how good he is, but then it just shows like it interviews his wife and like what a struggle it is for her to be with him and getting arrested like three times during the yeah. documentary. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's and, and uh, you know he got kicked off of several comics because he just didn't turn the stuff in and yeah. you know with with the bipolar disorder you you just you can't there's times where you just can't do you can't produce anything so uh, and that's Kelly's leaving <laughs> so that's caused um some problems in mainstream comics and he just voices his opinion he's he's he yeah. is the rude dude and he doesn't try to pander to anybody right he's a hard 
He would be a hard man to deal with. Right, to work with, yeah, Exceptionally for sure. talented. Have you ever read any Nexus stuff? I have, uh, like, the Dark Horse archives, but I've Do never really? read it. Yeah. See, I'd, I don't... I'd have to look it up. I don't think I have any other Steve Rude comics besides this. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. But honestly, like, um, this is some of my favorite art ever, but to, to your point, he hasn't done a lot of super... Of like the big two stuff, he hasn't done right. a lot. He did a Captain America uh, mini series, which I which I have read, and he's done this and that, but mostly Nexus, mostly kind of creator own stuff, mostly kind of independent stuff because he couldn't do the monthly schedule. Right. Yeah, and uh, I mean he's just, but like you said, there's, there's certain people that it's okay, right? Like right. you don't expect like Alex Ross to come out with a monthly comic, right? right. Like exactly. So I, you know, to my and and things have changed a lot um, as far as comics go. Like people are more willing to wait for good art right. uh, than like the monthly schedule. So I kind of wish he would get back in it, but I just feel like he maybe has burnt too many bridges I to so. probably get back in it too. And I was gonna say too. I mean, you make a good point. Like I mean, times have changed from you know the having to be on time monthly schedule to now. I mean, comics what haven't been released for how many months until just recently, you know. So the way that, um, like you said, people are willing to wait for good art. Right. Um, his commissions are amazing, though. If you look <sighs> at his commissions, he does. They're really, really good. He's just, oh and he uses gosh. so many different forms of like you know painting or like marker. Yeah, just the different mediums, and he and he's just a, an absolute killer in every one. It's like, yeah, like 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 you said, Spence. It's just it doesn't matter. Right. what he's doing it's just everything is uh, so it's, it's great so yeah. his batman and superman are so good looking so like, listen i think darwin cook pinched a yeah, lot you did, you're right of his batman from this but to be honest um right he, but steve root you're right you're 100 percent right but steve root also pinched a lot from like the early days like of batman like the the finger stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So the well, actually, Bill Finger didn't draw it. Oh he shit! It. I'm yeah, sorry. But uh, but like uh, the yeah, his cowl looks a lot like the early like Bob Kane like uh, right. uh, Batman. Yeah, yeah. And I and I love it. But you're right, 100. percent Like if you look at any of Darwin Cook's Batman stuff, it's the exact same cowl. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, tell me that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's very gothic looking, like the. Uh, well, he's got the ears, ears kind of pointing out, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, uh, I really love that. Um, and uh, and the Superman is very Fleischer esque too, like yes, where very. like the eyes, like like Shazam, how the eyes are kind of closed yes. all the time. Um, you don't see you you rarely see Superman's like uh, you know the Peoples. whites of his eyes, yeah, uh, in this, which is this. It's so freaking cool. You can tell that he just um, had such a love for the old stuff. But then when he's Clark Kent, you do see the whites of his eyes, which is pretty cool. So um, I, the one, I don't like his Joker uh, too much, but Joker's a hard guy to draw anyway. To say yeah, and he does have a kind of interesting... Well, his face know, is really a long. A specific take, I guess. Yeah. Yes, I say. right. Well, with the Joker, yeah. that's the I like his Luthor. Like... His Luthor's kind of fat and stuff, kind of the old style Luthor. Yeah, you're right. With the Joker, he's hard to draw because, like, he was originally created, basically, he looked like he had a mask on, like, when you right. look at the early, early stuff. And then people tried to make him more realistic, and it just didn't work. Uh, and so, like, yeah, his face is too elongated to work sometimes. 
a lot of people have trouble with it. Like, like uh, I don't like Jim Lee's Joker either. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of people have a hard time drawing the Joker. Um, I think that like um, Scott, not Scott Snyder, who did it with Capullo. Scott Snyder. Capullo does a good Joker. Um, and there's been a couple that I've really enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, this one, it... I mean, it worked for the Joker at the time. Uh, dude, Bra uh, Brave Fogel was one of my favorite Jokers oh, Brave ever, Fogel. dude. Like, when I actually think of Joker in comics, I think of Brave, Brave Fogel's Fogel's Joker. Joker. Yeah. yeah, he's so freaking good. So, so I know this is silly, but at the time, remember 1990, when this came out, one of my favorite things about this, and I guess, I don't know, it wasn't particularly new at the time either, but it wasn't as tired of a cliche as it is now. But one of my favorite things about this comic was just was the juxtaposition between the darkness of Batman and the lightness of, of Superman. Of Superman. Yeah, definitely. And their their two personalities and environments mm -hmm. um, are really what's the word I'm looking for? Are it's really laid bare here because like the very first page in uh, issue number. Well, I'm sorry, second page. Second and third page. It's a, a really of nice... the first issue? Yeah, it, it shows mm -hmm. Gotham City. There's a really dark gothic uh, architecture. There's crows flapping. Right. A few bats. Then a few pages later, it shows Metropolis. It's all bright and sunny. And everything is bright and doves. sunny. Everything appears to be plated in, in gold. Right. Yeah, there's just doves, and it is this futuristic... Um, Shangri-La City of Tomorrow, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so so not only not only that do you have the two cities and how completely different they are, but you have their their two heroes and how completely different they are, not only their costumes but their tactics and just how they view how they function. Oh, sorry you guys, I fell down. How they function in the world cuz like literally the first time that the first time that um, uh, that they meet each other at the Midway Orphanage, uh, Bruce Wayne says, Evening, Kent. And then Clark Kent says, uh, Good morning, Mr. Wayne. So it is. Uh, the precise mind of a train. Uh, anyway, and then Clark Kent says, No big deal. I'm just looking on the bright side, I guess. Uh -huh. and just like It's just like hammered home time and again. It's like how dark Batman is and how light Superman is. Dude, and it's like, but in 1990... To a how old was I? Fourteen, fifteen. Um, it was like you know, and it had been done before, and it's a tired old cliche, like I said. Now, but like at the time, I'm like, this is awesome, you know? Right? It's like yeah. really driving home how different they are, but they still respect each other. Their and their cities are so different, but just like, oh man, this was the shit. Dude, to tell you the truth, what I like about that, and the refreshing thing to me, is that like. You see so many times it's the other way around. Like Frank Miller started that where like Superman's getting out of hand and Batman is the lighter one. Like Right, none of that, none of that. Yeah, this. you don't have it. Like they're true to the original characters, which is yeah. awesome. Like uh, the reason I bring that up is just recently I've been playing some DC video games with Jack, mm. uh, with my son. And uh, so originally, so we got the Injustice uh, mm -hmm. 2. Um, okay, sure. And so, and that whole storyline, <laughs> I didn't play with him very long before I realized uh, my six-year-old shouldn't be playing that game. <laughs> um, right. But like at the very beginning, the whole thing is Batman's trying to hunt down Superman because Superman has gotten out of hand. Right. So then I'm like, okay. So then we start playing the DC online game 
which is like this MMO like mm-hmm. game. Right. And the very beginning of that has Superman like going out of control too. Right. And I'm just like, holy cow, this is such a tired cliche. Like right. I want my Superman to be like Superman. the boy in blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah like one, the, one guy, the boy scout. Like boy scout. One yeah. of my kids a couple months ago was talking about how Batman hated Superman. I'm like, no. Yeah, exactly. They're they're, they're <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it's yeah. just like they really don't. But, uh. Dude, it's Frank like Frank Miller when he first introduced that, it was an awesome idea. It was very novel and, yeah, at the time. But then people have changed it. Yeah. To, like people have gone to where now it's like the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, because Superman, like the way that it's uh, an inch. Superman, admittedly, is probably a hard character to write. Oh, so for sure. The way you want to write him, and even like uh, uh, Kingdom Come is the same thing, right? Like Superman is, uh, is it Kingdom Come where Superman is like uh, too um, author- authoritarian? Or am I thinking of uh, no, you're thinking, Red, uh, Sun? Red Sun? Okay. Red Sun, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like... Yeah, uh, and then Batman fights him in that too. Yeah. Because he's like, no, you're, yeah. yeah. It's just too easy. To, so to me, when you're trying to write Superman, an all-powerful character... You want to give him some flaws. So how does an all-powerful character get flaws? Well, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So you're gonna think that you know Superman's gonna go bad at some time, right? But yeah, that's not my Superman, dude. No, right. He, he needs to this, stay pure good. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Well, that's the same. Yeah, same thing in like uh, Batman. Uh, what's the one Jeff Loeb wrote with Jim Lee? I can't think of it all of a sudden for hush, hush, hush. you know, yeah. like Batman and Superman fighting that. You know, it's yeah. it's done so much. It's tired, dude. Yeah. yeah. And so, like... It's refreshing to read this and see that, like, Superman stays good. He follows Luther right. to Gotham. And even though Luther is, you know, Gene Hackman trying to buy up all this property, <laughs> you know, um, and, and for, you know, he thinks he needs to follow him there. And then Batman following... The, and the Joker is being paid by Luther to be on vacation in Gotham or something. They, they come to do... Or in... Because Joker, uh, Joker owns some properties. He agrees to sell them to Luthor if Luthor just gives him free reign in Metropolis. That's right. For a week. Dead. Yeah. And so yeah, he just like... like yeah, exactly. That yeah. was fun. No, I, I really enjoyed that that portion of the story yeah. where Joker had free reign to just like create chaos in in uh, Metropolis. Bruce, that was really Bruce fun. hitting on Lois Lane is a lot of fun. Yes. And, uh, dude, what is with Lo- speaking of which? Have you guys noticed in this book that Lois Lane is all over Alfred, dude? She has a thing for Alfred. There's <laughs> yeah, like, there's like five scenes where she's like hanging her arms around Alfred, yeah, well, like yeah, saying, yeah. like, Hey, Alfie. And like, <laughs> I think Alfred and Lois have a side thing going on. They probably her. did. Yeah. It was like, that was really weird. One thing that I thought was interesting is like they first meet at like a party and stuff, and that reminds me. I mean, we talk. Uh, we don't want to see. We don't want to give any credit to the Justice League movie. But if you guys remember the Justice League movie, <laughs> it started out that way, right? Like, right. They were in some party where Diana Prince was there, and Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent were all there, and that yeah. was reminiscent of this to, for me. Um, but that was the only good part about the Justice so, League. <laughs> so listen, um, on uh, I don't know if there's not paged, they're not numbered pages. I want to notice. I want to see if you guys notice something in the first okay. uh, issue in okay. Worlds Apart. Luthor is lighting one of the tenements on fire. Okay, um, and uh, he has a machine there that's like out of control, supposed to be putting it out. the The fire extinguisher machine. The fire extinguisher machine. Get, so right. in the very first page. When that is is uh, on this page right here. Yes, when it you says can Lex see, Corp on it. When you can see the building. Uh huh. 
Have you noticed these weirdos that are dressed up like Cupids? Yeah, they're like Cupids, yeah. Were they yeah. having like a weirdo sex party or something going hmm. on? No, I didn't notice that, It you? looks like, yeah, because there's like it's, three of them. It's not addressed in any way. Um, that's, and I had some more examples, but he put some really weird shit in the background. He did in, some in cool a, stuff in, in the background, this. too, dude. Oh, like, dude, he didn't, he didn't skimp on the backgrounds at no, all, dude. No, and no, no, that's no. so easy to do. How many comics do you see where there's just no background? There's like a gradient behind him. But like, he would draw huge crowds of people yeah. just gathering around, like watching well, like the destruction dude, and stuff that was going on. My favorite artist, John Buscema, skimped on backgrounds a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude, but yeah, but Jack Kirby Rude, did at times, fine, too. No. Yeah. But if you look at here, right, like, like um, I don't know, again, I don't know a page, but like uh, it's showing a picture of the Daily Planet. And Clark's watching a TV. There's a Pee Wee Herman calendar in right. the background. And <laughs> then and if you, if you awesome. look, Perry's yelling at Jimmy as he's running out the door with a photo. Yeah. And he's like screaming at him. And I, like like you said, like even Dude. the the background has yeah. personality to Every it. Every panel is just absolute joy. Yeah. Dude, like uh, there's this panel of like this like benefit dinner thing that they go to. And it just has like tables with people lined up. Uh, there's probably... At every table, there's 12 to 16 people, and like they're they they have their dinner going on. And on the side, you oh. see like a girl like picking up a fork that has fallen. Yeah, there's somebody in a wheelchair. There's like <laughs> there's a guy with a shirt that says "Total Dude" on the back. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, just it's the best. Like, I mean, can, can dude? I just realized this. This dude, I never even noticed this. This guy's from Nexus, dude. This character that's smoking a pipe. Is uh, from I don't know what party plays, but he's a Nexus character that showed up in here. Oh, the like the ape looking dude. Yeah, with the, See, the smoke yeah. rings. Like, can you can you yeah. blame me for coming back to this so often? Because like yeah. I would just I would read this like every every year for a very long time. Yeah, just because there's so much to look at. <sighs> the artwork is ble- huh, just, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I'd actually never heard of this book until you um, talked uh, about it. Love, like I love Steve Rude, but I didn't know that he did this book. So. Yeah, it was it was fun to um, to go and read this. But honestly, uh, as we were saying, it's just the story itself is pr- particularly lackluster. But the but the art is just right. next level. Yeah, dude. it feels a lot like Superman versus Muhammad Ali, right? Like the artwork was yeah, great, sure. but the except story for, was kind of yeah, like me. Except know? it was the same writer artist. Uh, I, um, on yeah, Muhammad Ali. I, I, okay, I was um, just saying the style. But like uh, this one, it had uh, Steve Rude had to be going through a manic period on this dude because like all of the attention to detail is just it's unfathomable, dude. Yeah. So, and his his mastery of like light and shadow is <sighs> just so good. That's one thing that a lot of artists can't do. Um, I can't do it. For example, I, I have a hard time knowing where to put the shadows. Uh, What's the guy's name that did Civil War? Is it Steve McNiven? I think it is. They yeah, Steve McNiven that did Civil War. Um, yes, that's He can't do light and shadow. He puts no blacks in his stuff. It's just all outlines, and he leaves hmm. it up to the colorist to do that. And, um, yeah, Steve Rude knows light and shadow. He knows the human figure so perfectly that he, yeah. like, yeah, it's just, he's, uh, yeah. I would say he's easily top 10 all-time uh, right? comic book artist. Yeah, for sure, dude. And see, the... And like the thing that is crazy to me is I have loved this for so long. And besides, re- you know, granted, I've had a few drinks and some I'm not thinking super <laughs> straight. But like besides that Captain America series that he did, like I, 
and I have a Superman versus a Hulk that he did. Oh, and, oh, he, he did, did Superman that? Hulk. Yes, he did. What? It is freaking great. Was it ninety? I guess it was nineties. It had to have been. No, 90s. it was two uh, thousands. I think I'll look it up. Oh, I really? Haven't. But um, uh, besides that, like I, I've never really gotten a lot of stuff that he did. Like I don't have, I don't have any Nexus stuff. Hmm. And like I, I'm kind of blown away by my own. Uh, Incompetence as a man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I have the Nexus stuff, but I haven't read it. But it's it's freaking. It's surely beautiful. Yeah. Um, Steve Rude is such an interesting dude. Like you guys, honestly, need to watch that uh, documentary. Yeah. When he does his illustrations, like his paintings, it's as good as like any pulp illustration that you've ever seen. Robert McGinnis or any anybody like that. It's it's just so beautiful. His women are beautiful, and he so just... So are his men. <laughs> and his men are beautiful, and he's yeah. beautiful because he likes to wear t-shirts with the sleeves cut off. All yeah, the all the time, yeah. yeah. That's all you ever see him in, actually. Uh, yep. <laughs> dude, he's got his style, dude. In fact, I think we should all rip our sleeves off for let's, Steve Let's Root. do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, like you said, like, he... I don't... Like, if you look at, like, let's say, like, so a lot of people esteem Jim Lee to be really high, like, as far as, like, um, a really a good stoner. artist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, stoner, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, all his body types are, like, the same, right? Whereas, like, in this... All his faces yeah. look exactly the same. Yeah. Whereas, like, I love him. Steve Jim Lee's Rude, great, but you're right. Steve Rude has a bunch of different body types. And, like you said, types. he knows, yeah, he knows yeah. the anatomy, like, really well. Um, and so... You could tell each individual person in this book, as you even in the backgrounds, everybody looks completely different. Mm-hmm. Bruce All looks different. different than Clark. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. which if you're talking Jim Lee, they don't. They look exactly. Yeah, yeah. you're right, dude. You can't yeah. tell the difference. You're yeah, right. exactly. I love Jim Lee. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just seconding what you said, Spencer. Yeah. He's a, he's a very good artist. So. Okay. So. Joker blows up the orphanage. Why? Because Lex Luthor is trying to... They basically are pissing each other off. So right. Lex Luthor's doing stuff to piss off Joker. So Joker's like, F you, I'm going to blow this place up. Because the because Lex Luthor bought it. Okay. Right? So it gets getting... It got ruined. The orphans are displaced. Now orphans are basically orphans again. Okay? Living <laughs> the, on the street the in these boxes. The man that was hiding in the orphanage is dead, along with his protege that was helping run the orphanage, is also dead. Correct. So the remaining reverend that is left is a good guy Mm -hmm. and he helps run the new orphanage that Bruce Wayne then funds later on. Correct. And uh, Bruce Wayne issue three buys the property. So yes, Joker and Luthor are really getting on each other's nerves. So they, they're kind of at war. So uh, Batman and Superman essentially team up uh, finally in issue three to help beat these two characters and again, it, it doesn't fucking matter. Just look at the pictures, and you'll. <laughs> right. That's all. That's all that matters with this thing. It kind of is. I'm telling you, this is just the the story is just a framework for a gallery of Steve Rude's artwork. Of the so, correct, it is yes, so yes, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Every page. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. The story is not horrible. No, it's, it's just it's lackluster. Yeah, it's, it's not fine. something that you would expect. If this is going to be a world's finest team up, you'd expect some amazing writing. Yeah, I where mean, did Dave Gibbons learn to write? From from Alan Moore. Oh, perfect. <laughs> 
Alan Moore wrote the Violator versus Bad, Bad Rock team up. Oh my god! Like I'm serious. Dude. If you Alan Moore wrote Violator versus Bad Rock, so if you guys ever want to search that, and he also wrote Supreme. It's so weird that he got mixed up with the oh, image yeah, dudes. Yeah, Supreme. yeah. He also wrote uh, Top Five. You guys ever read that before? Yes, Kelly. Okay, geez, wow. <laughs> Yes, we know all about it. I'm just kidding. And League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, let's come on. That's it. <laughs> swamp thing. Yeah. Um, no, but it's weird that he was like with the image dudes. I mean, his 1964 series was freaking amazing. I still got to get that. Yeah, you do. It's so good, dude. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Dave Gibbons, he's. He's an okay writer, but like he's no like stick to your day job, Dave. <laughs> That's artwork, Dave. <laughs> dude, honestly, he's like a brilliant he's also one of the best illustrators, dude. Like I've only read Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> Has he done anything else? I don't know what I... else he's done. <laughs> oh boy. Dude, this podcast is falling apart. Kelly, Did he do us. some before Watchmen, too? I'm just kidding. Uh, I haven't um, read any Daredevil, Frank Miller stuff. We don't know if Dave Gibbons illustrated stuff beyond Watchmen. I'm sure he has. No, I'm pretty sure he's only done Watchmen. Did you say Beyond? Oh, yeah. Not before. Beyond Watchmen. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I thought that was a series DC for a will second. Come out with that. Actually, yeah. they've already come out with it. With the Doomsday Clock is basically Beyond Watchmen, right? Yeah, and the HBO series. You watched that? No, I just heard it was really good. I tried. I, heard I watched really the first episode. I don't have HBO. I like it. So what I was told by a friend, a mutual friend of ours, is that uh, the first like four episodes are uh, basically not Watchmen. It's like some other show under the guise of Watchmen. But then after that, it becomes Watchmen. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. But yeah, I, I tried to watch the first one too. And I'm just like, this has nothing to do with with the Watchmen that I know, but I, but I heard it's too. Not that my Watchmen, like... my Watchmen is Zack Snyder's Watchmen, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna stand to this Mama day. Told and... me not to come. <laughs> Go ahead. Never mind. No. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Right? Is that it? That's so it. So listen. Today? Oh wait. What? No. So I'm buddy. listening. I'm no, gonna listen. No, no. We're li- we're listening. So guys, with... You said no bated breath. <laughs> This is worth picking up. I know our review has not made you think that it probably is. But just, it's first of all, it's cheap. You can find it on eBay for really good prices. Like the brandy that we've got. Yes. Okay. Uh, the, the trade paperback that has all three is not, I think, 30 bucks on Amazon, which is not bad. Or on, on straight off of DC Comics, actually. It's uh, 30 bucks, and it, it contains all three issues. This is... To me, like maybe do I want to say one of my top five like art books, just to mm. look at the art. If you had to choose, know, say top ten to be safe. A top. All right, okay. let's do top ten. Because okay. like it is so beautiful to look at, and just like the backgrounds, and there is just you can just absorb every page and every panel, and get so much out of this book just looking at it. It is. I can't recommend it. It's a visual feast. It sure is. Yes. It's a visual Thanksgiving. Exactly. Yes. yes. Native Americans. Cornucopia. Coming together. Cornucopias and whatnot. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you. You can follow us at. Oh, 
Yeah. Just do it. Do, no. Follow us at uh, Cold Storage Podcast on Instagram. Email us at the Cold Storage Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, write us, give us a four star review, please. <laughs> or five. <laughs> or five. Yeah, if you like this content. Five is. Five is reserved for like the um, elite. Yeah, it's it's reserved for like the serials or the what's the other big so ones? Give us a five. The making a murder is that a podcast? Yeah, yeah, give us a, yeah. yeah, yeah, making the yeah uh, all those like true crime. Yeah, dude, ones you true watch crime and... is where it's at. So listen to those and then come back and listen to us. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>